Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. It is November of 2022, and you are tuned into the Questions for Corbett deprogram. And this week, we're going to take our question cue from the comments section at CorbettReport.com, because as you may or may not have seen, in my most recent interview, 1758, James and Ernie debate Elon Musk, uh, which has garnered a lot of attention and a lot of comments. Uh, well, the very first comment to open up that comment thread was, what is technocracy, Mr. Corbett, from LMP? Or, uh, for example, we have uh, Claude, uh, what is technocracy? Or uh, we have AE writing, yes, please, what is technocracy? Or A57, what isn't technocracy? Or <laughs> some variation thereof. A lot of people ask that question. Wow, <laughs> what's going on here? Well, <laughs> as Home Remedy Supply uh, comments uh, later on in this thread, uh, I'm kind of laughing at the trigger button, what is technocracy, Mr. Corbett, and the resulting cascade of responses. I tip my hat to Corbett Report member uh, LMP for biting his or her lip and not trying to explain what prompted the question. Exactly. Well, if you did actually watch that particular interview um, all the way through to its conclusion, you will see at the very, very end, just as I was having to go to another interview, I did raise the specter of the tantalizing question, what is technocracy? And I said, someone should ask me this question so that I can get, get it into the next questions for Corbett, because this is an incredibly important question, and all the more important because I think most people in my audience will think they have the answer. They know. I know what technocracy is. But do you really? Because I'm not talking about what you free associate with that word or what you think it kind of implies or what the general idea of it. No, I mean the specific, actual, real, historical definition that comes from a real document that you can read but probably haven't. <laughs> there is a real answer to this question, and it's not just some academic exercise. If we cannot properly ask an answer this question, then we do not understand what it is we are facing, and we can never possibly construct an answer to the threat that is coming. We won't even know. We won't even be able to recognize and identify the threat when it unveils itself to us. So we have to answer this question, and I can almost guarantee you that very few people in the audience can answer it properly. So, this is the challenge. How do we answer a question like this? What is technocracy? Well, of course, the lowest level of the most lowbrow of the joke normies in the public will simply just beat their chest and say whatever they think. Oh, uh, I associate this with the word technocracy. Uh, technology, democracy, whatever, something like that. I think I know what it means. And then expound from there. But those are blowhards, and obviously we don't need to take them seriously. The midwit in the joke you normie public might think, okay, uh, it's a good question. How do uh, let's look it up? Let's ask the internet. You know, the internet, Google.com. Yeah, all right, this is where you go to ask your question. Dear Google, what is technocracy? And you type it in, and hey, lo and behold, right there. You don't even need to click anything. It's right there on the screen for you. Yeah, I guess they got some results and stuff. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. But no, you just go to the dictionary definition that they provide for you right here, right on the first, in, in, on top of all the results. Technocracy, noun, the government or control of society or industry by an elite of technical experts. And look at the handy-dandy 
explainer <laughs> sentence they give you. Failure in the war on poverty discredited technocracy. <laughs> That's a nice example sentence. All right, so there you go. And then it can, of course, also apply to an instance or application of technocracy or an elite of technical experts. There you go. That's the definition, right? Or if you want some more nuance, you could go to Wikipedia. But why even go to the bastion of truthiness? They've got the little short form one sentence summary here on Google. So technocracy is a form of government in which the decision maker or makers are are selected based on their expertise in a given area of responsibility, particularly with regard to scientific or technical knowledge. All right, there you go. Problem solved. Question answered. Moving on, right? Wrong. No, this is not the real definition of this word. It does not capture the essence of what technocracy is. It is not simply a form of government of technical experts. I understand a lot of people believe that to be what technocracy is and will proceed on that assumption so that you will get people, even in alternative media conspiracy realist circles, who will take that definition and go, well, you know, technocracy is better than democracy because democracy is two wolves and a sheep, blah, 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 whatever they've been programmed to say around these issues. But you're talking about the wrong thing. That is not what technocracy is. There is a deeper and more important and identifiable answer to this. So we have to keep digging. How do we do that? Well, as you will remember from my recent Wiki Spooks and Little Sis episode of Solutions Watch, there are lots of places that you can go to find out more information that will uh, provide you at least greater context to various people, places, events, ideas. And of course, one of the things that I suggested in that edition of Solutions Watch, well, you know, look, here we are on corporatereport.com. We could search right here. So if you go to the search bar and type in technocracy and uh, give a search for it, you're going to find a lot of work that I have done in the past on the subject of technocracy. I have talked about it many, many times, and many, many pages of results will come up here. In fact, also, here's another uh, handy-dandy tool for you, the search by tag function. Of course, every post has its own tags, and uh, it, the most commonly used tags on the site are here in the search cloud. So then you can go to, uh, yeah, there it is, technocracy. And then you can do the search by tag function. So that's another way to search through the material on my site. And again, you'll find lots and lots of different interviews, videos, articles that I've done in the past on this. And not to toot my own horn, but way back when, way back before it was popular or common or most people that have ever even heard of the word I was talking about technocracy in one form or another, maybe not even identifiably by name, but still about the concept. For example, episode 34 of the Corporate Report podcast proper on the scientific dictatorship certainly was swirling around these issues and talking about some of the characters behind the iteration of this term. Um, back in 2011, I had Aaron Franz of the Age of Transitions on to talk about uh, cloud computing, the transhumanist agenda, and how we can effectively resist the rise of technocracy. Again, transhumanism and technocracy, what are you talking about, James? These were not common subjects of discussion 11 years ago. Wow, how things can change in a decade, huh? Uh, but later on in 2011, I had an edition of Corbett Report Radio with Aaron Franz about against technocracy, talking about the rise of technocracy in the wake of the Eurozone crisis in Europe. And I, as we noted in that conversation, then the word technocracy was becoming au courant in the mainstream dinosaur press even at that time in 2011, specifically in the context of the Eurozone debt crisis, the sovereign debt crisis, and all the experts, the ec economic experts that were being parachuted in to steer over the economies of these 
uh, the, the failing economies in the European Union, um, Mario Draghi and others. So suddenly technocracy was being cited, but again, not in its full definition, not in the proper context, as we I discussed with Aaron Franz in that conversation. But when I say technocracy, most people are probably going to think and associate that with Patrick Wood, who of course has written, literally written the books on technocracy. Technocracy Rising, The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation, Technocracy, The Hard Road to World Order, both of which I have reviewed. I have interviewed him many times about these books in particular, about other subjects as well. For example, Interview 1046, Patrick Wood Exposes the Technocracy Agenda. Interview 1433, Patrick Wood on the Hard Road to World Order. Type Patrick Wood into the search bar, you'll get many, many, many more results of interviews that we've done over the years. So yes, thankfully, Patrick Wood has really popularized this term in the alternative media and made it so that now you are more and more likely to hear this word and think that you know what it means, even if you don't really. So of course, in in one of the first interviews I ever did with Patrick Wood on this subject, I started with the obvious question of asking him, what is technocracy? But let's start in on this conversation by addressing the, the big topic, technocracy. What is technocracy? And obviously you lay out the history you, you, from the, the philosophical inception of this idea in the 18th, 19th centuries through its uh, creation in the 20th century. But let's talk about a definition that comes from a uh, one branch of technocracy known as Technocracy Inc. that is uh, cited in this, in this book. Uh, you say, quote, or Actually, the technocrats say, technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population of this continent, North America. For the first time in human history, it will be done as a scientific, technical, engineering problem. Can you expand a little bit on that definition and this idea of technocracy and how it relates to people's lives today? Oh, I, I sure can. You have to go back in history. Uh, yeah, it's a broad question when you say let's apply it to current our current day, but you have to go back in history and look at the original model for technocracy that was developed in the 1930s in particular. And there was an organization called Technocracy Inc. <clears throat> that was formed uh, uh, by a couple of people uh, after they were booted from Columbia University. There was a brief stint where uh, the technocracy movement was housed at Columbia. Uh, they got support from Columbia for, um, you know, doing a couple of um, continental water studies and stuff. And, and many of the engineers and scientists that were part of technocracy were from Columbia University. Not all, but most. Um, they got booted for a number, of, a couple of reasons, uh, mostly because um, the co-founder, uh, Howard Scott, turned out to be disingenuous. Uh, kind of a promoter type, and he didn't represent himself correctly and didn't have the PhD that everybody assumed he had. And so Columbia didn't put up with that very long. They said, hey, man, you're, you know, you lied to us once, you're out of here. And so they started this organization called Technocracy Inc. And that's really where where we see the main documentation now being that was created for the tech, technocracy model that I believe is being implemented today in today's world. It was based on energy. Um, they believed that capitalism was dead. It was right in the heat of the Great Depression. They thought that uh, politicians were responsible for killing capitalism because, well, people are angry with politicians today too, right? So <laughs> what's going on? 
but they were they didn't have any use for politicians whatsoever. And the scientists and engineers at Columbia, and by the way, I'm not bashing all scientists and engineers. That's not the intent here. There were a few that bought into this at the time. They believed that because technology had come into society, that the very fabric of society had changed. And therefore, the politicians were unable to manage society because they didn't understand the technology. That was a reasoning, basically. So as a group, they stood up and says, you know, uh, if we don't step in as scientists and engineers and do something about this to save society from itself, society's going to crumble. And, you know, World War Two or World War Three is going to, you know, come about immediately and the world's going to destroy itself. And you have to remember, too, this is all on the heels of World War I, which was really the first mechanized war that used technology in the history of the world. And it was appalling for everybody, especially for the scientists and engineers who took the blame for creating the technology that was used in World War I. So they had a guilt. They were suffering under a guilt trip right at that point. So they developed this energy-based economic model. That was literally based on energy, not not on price, uh, not on supply and demand like traditional economics. And they believed that um, that they could use the scientific method to engineer society in a way that it would create a utopia, essentially. It was very much a utopian system. All right, folks, that is, of course, Patrick Wood of Technocracy.News providing the bare bones of a basic start to an answer of that question, what is technocracy? And as usual, I would like to exhort you to go to the show notes for today's episode at corbettreport.com slash QFC hyphen technocracy in order to find the link to that full interview so you can listen to that answer in its entirety and the conversation in its entirety and then exhort you to go and continue to listen to the other conversations that I've had with Patrick Wood on the subject of technocracy and then go find some of those other conversations I'm referencing about technocracy with other uh, guests and uh, the other articles and videos and interviews I've done. But perhaps more to the point, we should start drilling down on the sources of this information, because that is where you're going to find the most, the most information, the most valuable information, the most real information to answer this question. And as Patrick Wood stated, well, as I stated in the warm-up to that question with Patrick Wood, of course, he did provide an answer to that question of what is technocracy right there in his book. So let's go and take a look at the book, Technocracy Rising, The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation. And indeed, in the introduction, you will see the pull quote at the very beginning of the introduction is this definition. Technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population. All right, there is a one-sentence, very short summary of a very large idea. So where does that come from? Well, there's a footnote there. Let's go to the footnote and see if we can determine where this is coming from. So we'll turn over to this page where, oh, okay, we've got this reference. Footnote number two, what is technocracy? From The Technocrat, volume three, number four, 1938. That's right. Again, people may not know, technocracy is an historical movement that took place and really arose and gained popularity in the 1930s. As Patrick Wood elaborates in that conversation, there's much more to the story, the history of how it developed and by whom and in what way and how it became a movement, literally technocracy, Inc., etc. But 
Leaving that to the side, again, there's plenty more information in that interview and in this book, but let's take a look at the official publication of The Technocrats, The Technocrat, Volume 3, Number 4. So let's go to a real search engine this time, not uh, not Google, and uh, let's take a look. The Technocrat, Volume 3, Number 4. All right, let's do it live. And we'll type that in, and oh, lo and behold, right off the top from archive.org, we have a couple of different editions of this. Let's take a look at this one. And as usual, with archive.org, you're going to have an actual copy of this actual magazine from 1938, uh, 1937? Well, anyway, somewhere around there. This is The Technocrat, Volume 3, Number 4. And as, as, it, as was advertised, yes, here is the little What is Technocracy essay. So let's take it straight from The Technocrat's mouth and go and read this little passage where it says, The advance of technology on the North American continent through the ever-increasing use of extraneous, other than human, energy is bringing about the first major social change in history. Technocracy is not agitating for this change. It is preparing for it. Technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population of this continent, specifically North America, although I, I'm sure it plans to expand there in the 1930s. For the first time in human history, it will be done as a scientific, technical, engineering problem. There will be no place for politics or politicians, finance or financiers, spelt with two E's. Is that an old variant of the spelling that I don't know about? Rackets or racketeers. Technocracy states that this method of operating the social mechanism of the North American continent is now mandatory because we have passed from a state of actual security into the present status of potential <laughs> sorry, a state of actual scarcity into the present status of potential abundance in which we are now held at to an artificial scarcity forced upon us in order to continue a price system which can distribute goods only by means of a medium of exchange. Technocracy states that price and abundance are incompatible. The greater the abundance of the, s the smaller the price. In a real abundance, there can be no price at all. Only by abandoning the interfering price control and substituting a scientific method of production and distribution can an, an abundance be achieved. Technocracy will distribute by means of a certificate of distribution available to every citizen from birth to death. The technate will encompass the entire American continent from Panama to the North Pole because the natural resources and the natural boundaries of this area make it an independent, self-sustaining geographical unit. Technocracy's blueprints have been designed for this continent and for no other. It is an American plan for the American continent. Uh, no important political philosophies, including democracy, are in any way applicable. 1940 or before is the calculated date for the breakdown of the price system dictating the need for the technate. <laughs> oh, you gotta love these predictions. This calculation is based upon the relentless inevitable increase in the use of extraneous energy as a substitute for human labor. By 1940, there will not be enough money in pay envelopes to purchase the goods produced. Yeah. Yes, 82 years and counting. Here we go. The government is already making up the difference with money raised by borrowing and taxation. There is a limit beyond which this cannot go. The financial collapse of private industry and of government, which will accompany the approaching social change, will be a symptom and not a cause. Lesson 21 of Technocracy's study course states, The welfare of the human being involved is of ultimate and paramount importance. Every individual of the American continent will, under technocracy, 
achieve a standard of living with security from birth to death that is wholly impossible, even for the most favored citizens today. All right, this is what the technocrats were saying, at least in their publicly available propaganda material from 1937. This is what they were actually writing themselves. And yes, Patrick Wood was not making that quote up. Technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the ent entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population of this continent. That was the aim. That is the goal. That is how they define it. But you will notice even that one sentence is not the full picture. Because what they start to get into is prices and energy and distribution and some sort of certification system for every citizen of the technate from birth to death. As you can see, there is a sort of a broader picture being painted here. Yes, it is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods. But they're, they're implied in that is not just societal change, governmental change, economic change, monetary change, changes in distribution and production. There is an entire system here, and there is a clue to where we can find out more about this here in this last paragraph where they mention Lesson 21 of Technocracy Study Course states blah blah blah. Well, what Bible are they citing from here? What is this Technocracy Study Course that they're talking about? Well, again, we do not have to take some sort of, we don't have to speculate about it. We can just search for it. Technocracy study course. Let's see if we can find this, this document. Does it exist? Oh yeah, there it is. It's, it's all over the place. Now, there are a number of different uh, editions of this that you can find in various places. Um, let's take this one as a representative example. So, uh, da, 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 technocracy study course. Um, so, this, as I say, this has been produced many times over the years. Uh, there, there are different editions that came out of it. I believe five editions. But anyway, this was originally written by M. King Hubbard of Hubbard's Peak, a.k.a. Peak Oil fame, um, who was working with Howard Scott in, uh, in the bowels of Columbia to birth this, what ultimately became a movement and went on to found Technocracy Inc. with Scott and wrote the Technocracy Study Course, etc. Actually, this is not... This is a hardly legible version, and I know there are other versions out there. So let's uh, let's see if I can bring up a more legible version of this uh, technocracy study course. Hang on, folks. This is this is how it's done. This is this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> a few moments later. Okay, so we have this edition, which I believe will be more legible. All right, so technocracy study course. Let's let's take a look at this. Just let's look through the table of contents to get an idea of what the technocracy inc movement was doing and saying and the way that it wanted to indoctrinate its new recruits into this movement. So we have this table of contents. Let's zoom in a little bit so we can read it better. And it starts off 
well, again, so around the sorts of themes that you might think about if you think with regards to technocracy. It's technology and government, right? So an introduction to science, and they start talking about matter, change of physical states, molecules, the elements, atoms, etc. Okay, units of measurement, all right, energy, potential energy, kinetic energy, etc. The laws of thermodynamics, engines, def definition, efficiency, heat value of fuels. All right, so this, this does seem a very technical sort of manual at this point. Then we get the human engine. Well, that's a strange way of putting that, isn't it? Calories, heat value of foods, foods, efficiency of the human engine. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Technocrat, the human engine. The flow of energy on the earth, dynamic equ equilibrium among energy consuming devices, energy in human history, early stages in the use of extraneous energy, modern industrial growth, industrial growth curves, mineral resources. All right, you could start to see where this is coming from and the sort of philosophy that might be behind this, Taylorism, which is something that we cite in that interview with Patrick Wood that he writes about one of the philosophical precursors to technocracy. Um, the, the, this idea of the scientific management of industrial production. Uh, th those ideas were certainly floating around in early 20th century. They did not originate from the technocracy movement. And one could see how people in the midst of the crisis of the Great Depression would be floundering about looking for any sort of new system of production, distribution, of uh, control, of energy, of, of economics that will save the population from the crisis that by, as we know, by 1940, no one will be able to afford everything. The collapse of the system will happen and everyone will be in the technate. Um, so we, again, so far, so straightforward. But then we start to get into lesson 15 on the price system, rules of the game of the price system, the flow of money, why the purchasing power is not maintained. So we're starting to get more into the economic monetary side of this. And then we get into uh, appendix on population growth in the USA, which leads into operating characteristics under the price system and the nature of the human animal. Indeed. So that's going to be an interesting, an interesting part of this. Let's Let's bookmark that for later. But then you get technocracy, the design, which is lesson 21, and then lesson 22 on the industrial design and operating characteristics, appendix, bibliography, and index. Again, you can, of course, please do read through this on your own time. And I would really suggest that people familiarize themselves with a document like this. There's a lot of information in here. And again, don't take my word for it. Don't take Patrick Wood's word for it. What do the technocrats, what did they actually, what were they saying back in the 1930s that has been picked up on and forwarded into our current times? More on which in a moment. But first, let's take a look at that um, page 177 on the human animal, because that seems to be uh, where we start to get into something a little bit that you might not expect from something about industrial production and scientific management of of uh, factories and things. So we're starting to get into the nature of the human animal where we start to talk about the solar system and the age of the earth and su supernaturalism of man. Oh, okay. And, and then Darwin came along and wrote The Origin of Species and and etc, etc. You get into objective viewpoint. And then, of course, of course, you start to get into stimulus and response. It was with exactly this point of view that the famous Russian scientist Pavlov began a series of experiments which have already resulted in some of the most profound changes in human knowledge and in what human beings think about themselves. Yes, isn't it interesting? All these technocrats keep going back to Pavlov, Skinner, behavioral conditioning. How do we condition and 
and uh, and uh, mold society into what we want. How do how do we how do we more effectively manage the human animal, which is the subject of our real lust for power? Anyway, there's a lot of um, verbiage in here about that and suppression of responses and what have you. Um, involuntary process. To summarize, Pavlov, by working experimentally with dogs, was able to de demonstrate that there are certain inborn reflexes which are just as mechanical in their performance as the, the relation between the pushing of the horn button and the sounding of the horn in an automobile. Yes, 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 yes. So, again, you are not just a human animal, you are the human engine, as they were referring to before. You are a, you're, you're just a technical... A biological robot is essentially what you are, and if we could just find the right buttons to push, we can program you in the right way so that you're not one of these just filthy original humans walking around. No, we have to find the right way to program you. Again, you see how this philosophy, which is didn't originate in technocracy but and didn't end with technocracy, but is part of this historical fabric of a philosophical lineage that goes back to the people who were trying to treat humans as essentially just... Animals? No. Robots, essentially. And how that leads towards the transhumanist vision of the future. But anyway, as I say, there's a lot of very interesting stuff to be reading in here. But let's move on, because we do want to get to Lesson 21, which is, I think, where where this really start the rubber starts to meet the road, as it were, on technocracy, the design. So when we flip over to Lesson 21, and it'll take a minute to get there, uh, we will find... But this is where they start laying out the specifics of the technocracy organization and what they're planning um, for the arrival of technology and trends and where they're taking us. The solution, um, talking about how this technocracy is going to come together, the personnel that will be needed for it. Um, they start talking, essentially div divvying up the the technate, the continent of North America. There's an organization chart here where they show how this is all going to function through the technate and blah, blah, blah. A lot of empty boxes to be filled in later. Details, schmeetails. Anyway, uh, the continental control grid, all of this, uh, regional divisions. Because, yeah, it's very important that they start divine, defining regional divisions. So that's the regional... Oh, I'm flipping through here. I should zoom in so we can see it better for the people who are watching along on this. Oh, I think I've lost that page now. Anyway, I was just going to point out the silliness of the uh, the regional division in which New York is located is 7340, uh, Cleveland 8141, St. Louis 9038. So it's the long combined longitude and latitude of the point at the southeast quarter of the quadrangle. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of thing that these types of people obsess about. How can we perfectly... I know... Why would we talk about Edmonton when we can talk about 11353? And everyone will know that is I mean, silly names. The part of human relics of this stupid society of people who have this stupid ideas. No, it will all be mathematical, I tell you. Ah, you one very much gets a sense of the, the types of people who are running this. But here is the meat and potatoes. Page 222. This is something you have heard me reference many times. I talked about it in Why Big Oil Conquered the World. I talked about it in numerous episodes and interviews that I've done over the years, talking about the craziness of the technocracy idea. And here it is in their own words. So they're talking about the system of distribution that will come into place in this glorious technate of the future and the characteristics of that system. Number one, 
it will register on a continuous 24-hour time period basis the total net conversion of energy, which would determine A, the availability of energy for continental plant construction and maintenance, B, the amount of physical wealth available in the form of consumable goods and services for consumption by the total population during the balanced load period. Two, by means of the reg and balanced load period, they're talking about trying to come up with a balanced load of energy inputs and outputs for the entire economy and everything that is produced in it. All productive human activity will be measured by joules of energy going in and coming out. And if you balance that perfectly, then you have a system that's self-contained and you don't have to worry about pricing mechanisms because everything works out. There's no inflation and no, no craziness. It's all about balancing those energy loads, man. Uh, number two, by means of the registration of energy converted and consumed, make possible a balanced load. Number three, provide a continuous 24-hour inventory of all production and consumption. Number four, provide a specific registration, registration of the type, kind, etc. of all goods and services, where produced and where used. Five, provide specific registration of the consumption of each individual plus a record and description of the individual. Number six, allow the citizen the widest latitude of choice in consuming his individual share of continental physical wealth. Oh, thank you, wise technates, overlords. It's just that you're registering and identifying and uh, distributing as you f see fit to each individual person. But they can do with those energy credits whatever they want. And number seven, distribute goods and services to every member of the population. Again, it's like the UN Charter of Human Rights with all these wonderful things. And then the, the second to last point is, and if you do anything that we don't dis we disagree with, none of these rights apply to you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to completely register control and manipulate and, and uh, ultimately have the final say over every aspect of everything that is produced in the entire continent. But you guys can do whatever you like with this abundance of wealth that's coming in. You can have any any color toothbrush you want as long as it's black. I mean, it's just... <laughs> anyway, I, I hope, I sincerely hope you understand the importance of a passage like this and what it is saying. And I've said it many times. I will say it here again. This is lunacy on every level. And how much more exponentially absolutely insane was this in the 1930s to be talking about the continuous 24-hour inventory of all production and consumption, literally registering everything that is being bought and sold everywhere in the entire technate in real time, processing all that information, using it to cal calculate energy inputs and outputs so that you can have this balanced load. It's absolute total craziness. And so much more so back nearly a hundred years ago when that was truly, truly a pipe dream. But hey, it's 2022. And well, most transactions are electronic these days anyway, and pretty soon they might all be electronic. And well, we kind of, we could imagine a database. So you don't even need particularly complex programming that could calculate all the energy inputs and outputs. I mean, we'd have to control every business and we'd have to create strict reporting requirements for every business that's allowed to operate, but that's just a matter of legislation. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to think this could work. Well, why not? It sounds like a perfect economic system, and it'll save us from the, uh, the, the coming collapse of the monetary system that we know is coming in 1940. All right, guys? Mm -hmm. Anyway, please, please, please go and read through this. 
and the mechanism of distribution that they're talking about. Because as they go on to say, of course, this is we have money in our current system, but money is just such an outdated mode of distribution of trying to well, who gets what, and we're going to measure this in, in dollars. That's that's stupid. No, 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 no. This is about achieving the balanced load. So what we need is energy credits, essentially. The mechanism of distribution. We've already enumerated the operating characteristics that a satisfactory mechanism of distribution must possess, and we have found that a monetary me mechanism fails signally on every count. A mechanism possessing the properties we have enumerated, however, is to be found in the physical cost of production, the energy degraded in the production of goods and services. So it's going to be based on energy, energy credits, and those credits will be controlled by the technate, which will be calculating how much energy we need to produce what we feel that society should be producing. We will issue those credits to the right people, places, organizations, and businesses that we feel will be able to produce those things. We'll just enough for them to produce it. They'll be able to distribute it to their workers so that the workers can spend those energy credits to buy the things that the technate has lovingly allowed them to produce. And... Everything will be in perfect harmony. La 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 la. Yay. And again, please read through this document because I can only summarize it in the briefest of detail unless we go and read through all 300 pages of it right here. But that is the system they're talking about. And that was the system they were talking about in the 1930s. So this was all laid out in the 1930s. This super logical, rational system of not Edmonton, it's 11396 or whatever. Come on, guys. And we're going to completely upend the whole social, government, monetary, economic system of everything to better control the human animal slash engine and program it to do what we want it to do. Again, crazy stuff, especially 100 years ago. But now, I guess it could work. So is anyone talking about this? Is anyone putting forward the idea of basing a society around a universally distributed income that will go to each and every loving citizen of the technate? Of course, div uh, stewarded over by the wisest of the wise who are running this technate. And, and is it going to be measured in energy, some sort of credit that we'll have for that measures the amount of energy we're using, and will we be able to use that to determine who gets to buy and sell in this economy of the future? Are, are any of these ideas being floated right now? There will be fewer and fewer jobs that a robot cannot do better. Okay. What to do about mass unemployment? This is going to be a massive social yes. challenge. Um, and I, I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. Would you live in a greener lifestyle if you could make money from it? Hmm, that may be possible if a government proposal for personal carbon emissions allowances is implemented under the scheme, everyone in the UK would be allocated an annual carbon allowance. Stored electronically, rather like a supermarket loyalty card, points would be deducted every time we buy or use non-renewable energy. For example, using electricity to power appliances in the home. Or travelling somewhere by plane. Or even buying petrol for your car on the forecourt. Now, any points left over could then be sold back to a central bank. Are you still with us? And people who need more, like motorists who had used their allocations, could then pay for a top-up. The Pavel Insights team co-authored a report with Sky, a major UK licensed broadcaster, to talk about how 
Sky could nudge people into climate change behaviour. And not just Sky, but the recommendation was that other UK broadcasters should adopt these techniques. And the sorts of techniques they talked about were including news segments. So just to clarify, that's saying that there should be items in the news that will lead people to change their behaviour of climate. Initially, the notion of a goal-oriented ledger may be user-driven. As an organisation, Google would be responsible for offering suitable targets for a user's ledger. Whilst the notion of a global good is problematic, topics would likely focus on health or environmental impact to reflect Google's values as an organisation. Once the user selects a volition for their ledger, every interaction may be compared to a series of parallel options. If one of these options allows the ledger to move closer to its goal, it will be offered up to the user. Over time, by selecting these options, the user's behaviour may be modified and the ledger moves closer to its target. Oh, that's right. All of the things that were being proposed in the Technocracy Study Course by Technocracy Inc. 90 plus years ago, all of that is actively being worked toward right now. And all of the various elements of the agenda that would support the creation of a technate are in play at the moment, from universal distribution of income to every citizen of the technate, to uh, plans to socially engineer the technate through the most scientific processes, to the idea of rationing energy credits. And you get your, your, you get your allotment of energy credits and you can use them to buy anything that we produce as part of our grand plan for the economy. This is you can see all of the various elements of the agenda, but unless you have the word and the actual historical details of the literal movement that existed strongly back in the 1930s, it still exists, but not really, but strongly exists in the 1930s, but the ideology behind that, which has continued on, unless we can identify that, we will never be able to properly confront it because people are still using outdated terminology to try to identify things that are not what they say, this is not fascism, this is not communism, this is a different conception of not just governance, not just economic production, not just monetary system, and not just the social fabric of human society, but all of those things are being radically altered under our very noses by technocrats who themselves may or may not know anything about this historical lineage of what it is they're working towards. In fact, I can almost guarantee you that most of these low-level whatever, bankers or whoever, know nothing about this history. But they are working towards an ideology that they undoubtedly adhere to, and that has to do with that ideology that we were looking at of treating the human cattle, the human machine, the human animal to be managed and controlled, and we push the right buttons, and we get them to do this, we get them to do that. That is the underlying ideology behind all of the connecting so many of these different threads back to the same clique. Anyway, this is technocracy, and I hope you can understand, after at least starting to just sort of get under the surface of this question of what is technocracy, there's plenty more to be said, but this is how we can get some of that information out, and I hope you will understand it is an important, valuable task to truly answer a question like this. Not to go off of what we assume we think that the, we free associate with that word. No. What is this actual word? Where does it come from? What does it imply? 
economically, governmentally, socially, civilizationally, for the future of the human species? How can we identify that threat? And then, of course, the question is always, well, what do we do once we identify that threat? And I have talked about that before as well. Solutions to technocracy. I'll include some links towards that if you are interested in pursuing that. But this isn't Solutions Watch. This is Questions for Corbett. And I have just answered the question, what is technocracy? There will be plenty of show notes and plenty of meat on those bones for you to dig into if you are so inclined. So please have at it. CorbettReport.com slash QFC hyphen technocracy. I hope to see you there at CorbettReport.com. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Thank you for joining me. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the very near future.